Just double checking that the title was still The Well of Ascension. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm an adult. And I'm young. And we're reviewing The Well of Ascension by Brandon Sanderson. Yep, and today we're covering chapter 32. <laughs> In the room, all young and hip. So, last episode, we made some predictions. Quite a few predictions. Yeah. Did we make any correct predictions? Um, yeah, I think we did. Did we? I mean, some of our predictions were more of like, uh, would this maybe happen? And we mm. threw down some percentages and... It's only right whichever way we were leaning, I guess. Hmm. Well, the the two that stick out in my mind... Well, the, the first one that sticks out in my mind is uh, that Seth didn't have any bodyguards with him. Which, unfortunately, I didn't put down a percentage for before seeing the first sentence of this chapter... Uh, or the second one, where we learn that that is wrong. <laughs> he, he, in fact, has 30 guards with him. Yeah. I, however... How big is this council chamber? I mean, it, it's pretty big. It's supposed to be able to hold a good amount of... I guess it's... Scad that want to come in. I, I mean, yeah, I, I I don't know. I did not picture it so large that you could easily slip 30 people in. I mean, I imagine it noticed. could... I imagine it could hold, like, a couple hundred, maybe even a couple thousand. I guess so. That's That's what I was kind of picturing before, anyway. Well, I mean... A couple hundred people. You would notice 30 people among a couple hundred. Well, I mean, you might. It depends. That's a big chunk of people. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you take a couple hundred to mean literally 200, I guess it would be a big chunk. But if you think You're right. It if more, it's more like 600 or something, then yeah. that's more plausible. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I lent more towards he probably did have guards in my percentage. So I count that as... A little bit of a win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, you were much less confident in that than I was. It, it, it is unfortunate that I didn't get to put that down because that would have been a ding on my prediction record. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, because, yeah, between the difficulty of smuggling in that many people and the way that it was being talked about in the last chapter from the perspective of uh, whatever fill it was, fill in, yes. Uh, I did not realize this. Yeah. Interestingly, Vin mentions when like the guards all dramatically stand up that uh, the the king did not rise, which leads to a little bit of an interesting conversation later in the chapter. Hmm. Yeah. It, it at the the moment that I saw it, that didn't that didn't stand out to me, but uh, it's foreshadowing. I think the second of our, or, or at least my major mispredictions. And well, I think I think that one. Got both of us. Yeah, that one that one definitely got us both. Um, so yeah, Set rises and Vin says, I think to Breeze, maybe? I'm not sure who she says it to, but she said, he's not what I expected. Yeah, she says it to Breeze. And yeah, what she didn't expect was the fact that he is disabled. Yeah. Uh, well, at least that's one of the things. He he doesn't rise because he can't. Or yeah, at least that's he is. the appearance. Vin later expresses skepticism of this, but he is uh, apparently a cripple. I'm I'm gonna 
put down my prediction now that regardless of whether he's a misborn or whatever, he is genuinely disabled. I don't think that's like a, a trick the way Vin seems to think. Yeah, I I was wondering if Vin was maybe just being a little bit too paranoid. Yeah, that's that doesn't that doesn't make sense. But um, she also complains that he's not wearing a suit. Uh, interestingly, this stood out to me because the description we got from last chapter was a man sitting there removed his guy cloak, pulling down the hood, revealing a suit and a face with a bristling beard. Now, well, okay, so. He is wearing, now, what he is in fact wearing is a nobleman's suit coat with a worn black jacket uh, and a pair of trousers and a shirt. So he's kind of wearing a suit. He's wearing some kind of semblance of a suit. It's it's just funny that Vin says he's not wearing a suit when literally one of the two things we learned about him last chapter was that he was wearing a suit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he, he doesn't he doesn't dress all fancy like he's uh, uh, just a humble lord from the sticks or whatever <laughs> yeah well when she says this she's pretty much immediately shut down by again i think breeze who basically just tells her that you know not everything follows the trends of luthadel mm. you know there's there's plenty of different areas with their own fashion senses and yeah, uh, Bree- Breeze has has the interesting structures. line. There were a hundred different courts with a hundred different little lord rulers in the empire, each region having its own political dynamic. Uh, obviously, not literally that there were a hundred lord rulers, but that there was, you know, there was more than just Luthadel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was, you know, plenty of different sectors with someone at the top of the food chain. Mm, I mean, the final empire. Area. We we've never f- gotten the most firm sense of how big it is, but it's pretty big. Yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about how like it seems like it's at least as big as the Roman Empire. Yeah, I think we, we've we've talked about how it, like it's maybe the size of Europe or something. Yeah, probably it's pr- it seems like it's very large. So, and we uh, have we've also speculated that it might actually case. there might actually be more outside of the final empire. Possibly, I am less inclined to believe that there's like a lot more at the least. I could buy there being like islands or something, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't think. You know, maybe even like an America type continent or something, but I don't think like early on, I think we were sort of thinking maybe this is just like, you know, not, not quite the North Korea of this world, but like, you know, the Europe or or the China or whatever cut off from the rest. Yeah. Which I think it's clear at this point is not the case. Yeah. It it doesn't feel like there's going to be a whole other world outside. It it seems, it seems pretty unlikely. It's not, not impossible, but unlikely that they're just going to like cross over a mountain range you go oh huh, it turns out there's a whole other continent on this side we never never noticed that yeah guess it was a secret <laughs> so then set makes his pitch now this is an interesting one so we predicted that set would make sort of a polite argument and then leave um we also i think there was a prediction oh yes that there was also a prediction that, yeah. made that he would straight out threaten uh, everybody with his army outside. Um, uh, yeah, I think the phrasing was that it was a dead man switch. Uh, that was how he would avoid getting arrested. And yeah, he, he makes that exact thing. He says, they say like, we could we have way more guys than you. We could easily arrest you. And he says, yeah, but my army has orders to attack immediately. And interestingly, he basically outright says that if they did that, they would all die because Straff would kill them all. Yeah. But... He seems, or at least pretends to be confident that they would go ahead with it regardless. 
I think... I mean, he's saying this in front of his, I guess, probably 30 most loyal guys or something, but still, he's saying this in front of his own troops. It seems like it would maybe not be as hard as he's making it sound to dissuade them. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a risky pitch. He basically um, says, look, if you arrest me, my guys will come in and, you know, we have at least twice as many guys as you. Mm. And then once we've cleaned up and gotten in here and a large chunk of us are dead, Straff will then come in and do the exact same thing that we just did and kill a bunch more of us. But that won't matter because we'll probably be dead at that point yeah, he already. He actually says it's exactly twice as many. They have 20,000, he has 40. Yeah. And yeah, his, I mean, his, so he opens up with a, a strong, um, threatening posture. <laughs> he outright, he literally his, his first, the first words of his like pitch are because I've got an army in your doorstep. <laughs> like he's at first basically just saying, give it to me or I'll take it. But he does start to throw in some more, somewhat more, uh, tempting tempting offers he point he tells them about the Kalos, which it seems like elend had not told anyone yeah which doesn't look great for elend he does a good job of making elend look pretty bad he really does uh then he, again elend seems to add to that perfectly well by himself yeah elend really it's amazingly he says he says to elend hey are your soothers soothing us right now and elend is like Maybe. <laughs> well, no, he's not. He just outright says yes. I guess he doesn't want to, like, lie, but... Uh, he should, I mean, have, he should have just said no. Yeah, Tim, I, mean, I don't even... I don't even get why they were, honestly. It seems dumb to have had them doing that. When that yeah. is a thing that could be detected. I don't know. Well, I mean, you can have someone Maybe, maybe Vin detection. is burning bronze, then that would hide it, but... It, it, people can notice if someone slips up. It, it seems... Seems like a bad idea already. Well, they have, like, the best suit there, which is Breeze. Sure. And I imagine when he says that, it's probably literally just Breeze, who might have just been doing it anyway, because that's the sort of thing Breeze would do. Hmm. Hmm. Like, it is. Breeze is just soothing everyone constantly, so... <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> he could have just looked it over at Breeze and been like, yeah, he's probably soothing everyone. Um, But yeah, it was not a not a great move to be like, yeah, I was definitely manipulating you all emotionally. Yeah. Um, another part of his pitch is to give everyone in the assembly noble titles. I mean, this is just naked bribery. He, it's it's so naked that Elen goes, "Hey, you're just trying to bribe everyone," and he goes, "Yeah, obviously." Yeah. And now, yeah, he turns that around somewhat neatly. He's like, "Oh well, yeah, I'm gonna bribe everyone with peace, the greatest bribe of all." <laughs> and then I'm gonna bribe all the powerful people a little bit more. After that. Mm. I mean, okay, we, we, we kind of skipped over. I mean, he talks about the cause. He specifically talks about the fact that together they can hold the city. Yeah. Which is legitimately true and a good point. Well, I'm skeptical of that because they might be able to hold off Straff, but after the damage is done after that battle, they will not be able to hold off the Kalos. Maybe? I'm not entirely sure. There's another, sure. what, 20,000 Kalos? Uh, or something? I Ridiculous. Yeah, that, sound, that does sound right. Actually, that's a fair point. I think we were told they're worth like five men each, so like, that, they'd be outnumbered. But, no, but they have the, they'd have the advantage of the walls. But yeah, that's true. They, that's a tough sell. But it's it's still better than what they have right now in terms of uh, a plan to defeat the gods. I mean, maybe once you've won, if if you if you win against Straff, maybe you can integrate some of his forces as well. Yeah, but even then, it seems like you might just get everyone killed. 
Mm. Yeah, no, that's totally true. It's probably the single most actually like reasonable argument he makes, though. <laughs> yeah, but it's still everything here is still a bit risky. Mm. I mean, I would probably say the only or the safest way to fight off the Kalos uh, confidently would be to have all three of them team up right now, uh, undamaged. I mean, the simplest thing would probably just be to, like, send Vin to go have a forceful conversation with your man who's in charge of him. I'm not sure how in charge he really is, though. He seems reasonably in charge. I think I think that would probably work. Maybe. I'm a little <laughs> bit skeptical of that, though, as well. Mm. He seemed like a bit of an idiot. True, true. He's at least in, in control enough to point them in a direction, so, you know. Uh, but yeah, that's true. He might not be in, in control enough to stop them entirely. You know, if, if he didn't give them a target, that might be a problem. Um, so, Set... Uh, well, Set tries to, to suggest that they just hand over the city, but his fallback suggestion is that they let him take up residence in one of the keep with thousands of his soldiers. And they, they pretty much turn that down and say... Well, they no, they pretty much accept. They they reduce the guard he's allowed from five thousand to one thousand, uh, which is, I mean, that's a re- that's a substantial reduction, but he still gets to be in the city behind with the, their with a little army. Yeah, with his own private army. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's not good, and he's there specifically so that he can meet with everyone individually and promise them bribes. <laughs> So then we switch to, uh, I think we were in Vin's perspective for this bit, but we switch to a Len's perspective now. Yeah. So, Len chats with his mate Penrod and learns that Penrod is not as much on his side as he maybe thought. I mean, Penrod is a noble after all, and he's not entirely averse to the idea of, uh, Handing over the cities to Set. Interestingly, he seems to think that it would be better to hand it over to Set than Straff. Which I hadn't particularly gotten the impression was true. But, I don't know, might be. Breeze definitely didn't seem in favor of it, but... Yeah. Admittedly, like, what little we've seen of them, I do think I like Set more. But that's not hard. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Like, as a person. (laughs) One is a pedophile. One is... Just some a power-hungry yeah. <laughs> jerk, I guess. Not even that much of a jerk, just kind of confident. Mm. He's a cocky guy, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it, I don't think it's hard to like someone more than you like Straff. Mm. Yeah, Elend thinks about this idea that like rebel groups tend to dissolve and end up handing power back over. I'm not sure what to make of this exactly but uh, then Vin uh, starts pitching him on her theory of what's going on with Set (laughs) yeah so I personally think Vin is just being a bit paranoid here Um, I don't know what you think of it yeah it so I do think it's plausible that Set might be a misborn but I don't think it's remotely plausible that he's pretending to be unable to walk since childhood 
to cover up the fact that something I don't get Breeze Breeze says that he's not a misborn on that basis which doesn't really make sense I mean you can be a misborn and still have had a childhood illness but um yeah that doesn't really actually make any sense as a cover like, yeah I mean <laughs> saying oh I'm crippled I couldn't be a misborn is like I don't see the logic there yeah I mean obviously it's gonna reduce your combat abilities a bit but probably not by that much because you're a misborn. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Vin is. Yeah, I mean, like who would who would win a big strong guy in a wheelchair or a teenage girl? I don't know, but uh, it's not particularly you know, a lot, clear a cut. Lot, yeah, a lot of their powers come from their powers, right? <laughs> not from their physicality. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he can fly just as well <laughs> with his with his hands as anyone else. You know, throwing around coins might make the landings a little bit harder. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, point is, I I think he's a cripple. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, I guess that's a prediction technically, but... <laughs> yeah, Vin, Vin is wrong about this. I'm almost certain. If at some point he, like, throws off his cloak and just stands up, I'd be a little bit, like, thrown, a, thrown off. Yeah. The one thing I could see is that maybe if he's a misborn and he burns pewter... Maybe he can, like, temporarily stand. Oh, yeah, maybe. But, yeah, the idea that he's been faking this since childhood is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't make a whole load of sense. I'm not sure why Vin is so confident on this one. Yeah, I mean, he'd have to be, like, the most... It would be it would be kind of impressive if he had been. But, like, as a child, he was, like, planning out his whole future p- career. He was like, I'm going to pretend to fall ill... And lose the use of my legs so people will underestimate me for the rest of my life. It's all part of my master plan. Well, if it did, it worked, but, um... Did it? I mean, he's a king. Nobody's really underestimating him. I mean... They're underestimating the chances that he's a misborn. I mean, if that was his plan, then it worked, because he did indeed become king. That's true. That's true. Maybe that helped. Um, but anyway... Yeah, I, th- I think it's safe to say Vin is maybe just being paranoid with that. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And so the chapter kind of ends with, well, the council, like, gives in. Yeah. They give him the... The castle, yeah. The tower and... One of the empty towers. One of the thousand, or allow allow allows him to bring in a thousand troops... Mm. And he starts making arrangements to meet up with yeah. each and individual council so member. So his son approaches Elend. Uh, how, how would you pronounce the son's name? <laughs> I was about to ask you the same thing. Yes. Um, Njordin, maybe? Maybe that's the first G might be silent. Can you maybe show it to me again? G-N-E-O-R-N-D-I-N. Bizarre looking name. Njordin, Maybe. Maybe. Gnjordan? Gnjordan. It's a very strange name. Um, And uh, he asks to talk with the land. The land agrees, basically, after a moment. Well, interestingly, he comes up and is like, oh, you've kidnapped my sister. And the land's like, that's not true. You know that. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I know that. But don't you want to talk to my dad anyway? And the land's like, yeah, I guess. (laughs) Well, he doesn't actually acknowledge that that's true. He just... 
doesn't dispute it. He doesn't dispute it because it's clear he also knows it's true. Maybe. He, there's even a line where he looks like a breeze. He gl- he glares at breeze, yeah. Which makes it pretty clear he well, knows what was going on. Maybe. So breeze is a soother. So it's maybe not I mean our first thought when she showed up was that breeze had soothed her, right? Now we now know that that's not the case, but it is an obvious conclusion to jump to. It's literally the conclusion we jumped to. Yeah, I'm not sure we considered it kidnap and more of a no creepier no. situation, actually. <laughs> I'm, but kidnap is is implied by that, right? If you mind control someone to coming with you, that is kidnapping. Except he never mind controlled her to come with. Well, yeah, we now know. But even before we we knew that, because she came afterwards. I mean, I think if you mind control someone into falling in love with you, but I think it kind of him having left for like multiple days or whatever it probably would have worn off that's just how i think about it maybe i don't know anyway. i don't know i don't know how he would have been soothing her like from within the castle walls all the way out in their camp i mean i guess i kind of assume if you've soothed someone into thinking that they're in love with you like that's a long con they're they're going to continue believing that i don't know i feel like when you walk away they might have a bit of a realization hey he's not really hot at all he's kind of a fat old guy i don't know Maybe. What I was seeing in him, really. I, well, we have we haven't. It se- it seems like soothing can have, like, not that the effects are long term, but that the stuff that happens under them can have long term effects. I mean, we saw them using it to convert people to their side in the first book. At uh, their rallies. Yeah, maybe I don't I mean, know. It seems like people weren't walking away and going, "Wait a minute, oh, that stuff was stupid. Why did I believe any of that?" I mean, it's not like everyone stayed with them. No, no, but I feel like the act of thinking something, if you don't realize you're being mind-controlled, you're going to be inclined to stay to self-consistent and continue following that. Maybe. I'm a little bit uh, like shaky if, on... Like, if you've been in a relationship for a while, aren't you likely to try to remain... You know, there's, there's going to be genuine emotions involved even if they started from mind control right i guess i'd be a little bit shaky on how exactly it would have panned out yeah anyway if if that was indeed the case which it was not which was not so it it, (laughs) all that matters i guess is that someone might think it was possible so yeah that's the end of the chapter uh they they agreed to meet yeah so you want to do favorites and least favorites yeah i guess so uh what would you say your least favorite part was um, I think my least favorite part was when Alend was like, oh yeah, I was definitely manipulating everyone. Yeah, that was real bad. It's real bad. I know it's a little bit of in Alend's nature to be an idiot, but that it, it felt a bit more than necessary. Mm. Yeah. Um, so what was your least favorite part? Um... I'm torn between Vin's stupid theory and Nurdin's name. Well, I can't hate Nurdin's name just because it's... Actually, the the more I've called it Nurdin, it seems like a normal name now. Uh, I don't know. It sounds like... Nurdin. I know Norse, maybe? It does sound a little Norse. Um... Like, I've definitely met people who have names that are strange enough that I'd look at them and be like, oh, I don't know how to pronounce that. Mm. I'm not going to be like, oh, you have a stupid name. 
Yeah, I, I don't have any, like, huge hate points in this chapter. It was a pretty good chapter. Out of what you said, I would probably lean towards Vin's stupid theory. It is a stupid theory. Um, I think both of the things we hate, they are both reasonably within the nature of the characters, but they're just irritating that they're still making stupid decisions like that, I guess. Yeah, I, I honestly, if you hadn't picked LN's thing, I might have gone for that. It was pretty bad, even by his standards. It's like, can you imagine standing in front of a couple thousand people and the literal enemy walks up and is like, hey, have you been manipulating everyone? And you're like, well, yeah, yeah, I have, it actually. Dis- it would be dishonest to lie about the fact that I've been tricking you all. <laughs> like, it, it, there's not a whole lot of logic there, so... Mm. Uh, anyway, what was your favorite part? Um, I guess there's a lot to like in this chapter. I'm inclined to actually go with the fact that Set is disabled. It just... You know, we were so confident that he was like this big bruiser. You know, he's the barbarian king from out in the wastes. So, I don't know. It, it was unexpected and it's it's nice to see, you know, playing against type a little bit there. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, one of our literal predictions was he's going to be a physically imposing guy. Mm, yeah. And I think we can say, I'll have to check the exact wording on our predictions. Because we made two predictions about that. I think we can't be certain he's not a physical threat yet. But physically imposing, not so much. Yeah, yeah. Or physically threatening or yeah, whatever exactly it was that we said. Yeah. Um, So that's, I think, my favorite. What's your favorite? Well, it's it's hard to say I really have a favorite out of this one. Again, like like we said, it was it was pretty well. It was also a, pr- a reasonably short chapter. Mm. Um, but I I think I'm just gonna go for Seth's general personality. Like he's actually quite a charismatic character. I felt hmm. like he came in and he he was winning me over a little bit at times. I felt like um, you know he comes in and he's you know, the, the whole honesty thing he's going for is kind of working. Hmm. Well, I mean, it literally worked for him. I'm saying as a character, I felt like he worked pretty well. I, I did feel like, I mean, he spun it well, but the whole, and I'm going to bribe you all by making you lords thing felt a little too blatant to, to, to me. But yeah, in general, I thought he was pretty good. Well, I think he spun that pretty nicely with the fact that he's like, yeah, I'm I'm bribing everyone. With peace. <laughs> yeah, like... The I, greatest of my bribes is peace. You know, I, I think I think it worked. And I, I like that. Mm. Okay, so uh, mailbox time. Yeah, so this mailbox is how old exactly? So, okay. <laughs> 19th of July. Yes, so I missed this... Uh, message from our regular commenter retro rocket 24 uh it's a comment on an earlier episode uh they're a little bit behind on the podcast episode uh 64 i believe and it's a it's a great it's a great comment so there's a lot to talk about in this comment um yeah now this was sent to us by email so uh, unlike usual i can't tell you all to go read it yourselves if anyone is behind on the podcast and, you know, they don't want to comment on an old episode, we can read old comments or comments on old episodes. That's totally true. And 
we do also, <laughs> uh, even if I occasionally forget to check it, um, we do have the email. Yeah, address. we have the I'll email. I'll be checking it a little more regularly now. Um, and uh, we email have... address is uh, podcastyoungadult at gmail.com. We have the Twitter as well, right? Yes, that's true. At Pod Young Adult. Uh, yeah. So you know, never, never feel like you don't have to, com- or you don't, or you shouldn't comment just because it's an old episode. Mm, no, for sure. So, without highlighting, without, without discussing every single thing that they say, I was just going to say one thing they mentioned was they made fun of you for your weirdly specific numbers on some of the predictions. Yes. So, <laughs> which. I mean, there's no real reason to comment on this, but I also make fun of you sometimes when you put yeah, down no, really that's, specific that's numbers. That's true. So the reason for that is because I read somewhere that like people who are really good at making predictions tend to be very specific with their predictions. Um, so I'm, I'm maybe cargo cult seeking that a little bit. Like there is a difference between like a 65% prediction and a 67% prediction, right? It's not big, but if... If your genuine feeling is somewhere between 65% and 70%, it's better to go for the 67%, yeah. um, theoretically. <laughs> I, I, I don't, uh, I'm probably not actually good enough to, to be that fine-grained in reality, but... But, well, you can put your reasonings behind it, but I just appreciated that they also made fun of you for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it, it's definitely a thing that I do. So, the chapter they're discussing is, is the one where... Uh, they were meeting with Straff. Um, so there was, we saw from Elen's perspective, he told Straff that Vin was secretly soothing him. And strictly speaking, in that chapter, we never get confirmation that's true, and it probably is true, just for if only for narrative reasons. Uh, they bring up the fact that, you know, it seems unlikely that Straff would underestimate Vin so badly without being soothed. I do think it's worth noting he was underestimating her even before they met. He was underestimating her with, when he was talking with Zane. So it's not impossible that he was just underestimating her legitimately on his own because he's an idiot. But um, He may, in fact, just be that dumb. But I do also think that Elend was almost certainly right about Vin soothing him in that moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would think so too. Uh, they point out that we may have been slightly wrong about the mechanics of Duralumin. So Duralumin makes all your other metals burn super fast, right? So you get like a burst of power. But it doesn't mean that Duralumin itself burns fast. Yeah, that was a very interesting point that I don't think we even considered at any time. Yeah, I don't think we've seen what happens if you bur- if you use Duralumin and then drink another vial. Can you just do it again and again? Um, yeah. Like how how fast does the Duralumin itself burn? I don't think that's been established. So yeah, it's possible that gets established later, but they said that's a mistake they've made as well. So maybe it's just never fully discussed. Yeah, I think I think it's actually pretty plausible that it's not. Um, in fact, I wouldn't be shocked if part of how the ruler was doing things was he just had very large amounts of metal in his system. Yeah. So that he could use Duralumin without burning through them all in one go. Yeah, maybe. Um, they also point out that uh, aluminium is not a cheap material, probably in this setting. Because it's... Uh, well, so the, the funny thing about aluminum prices 
is I'm going back and forth between the American and British pronunciation there of aluminum, but um, it was discovered, and then it became very expensive for a while, and then it was discovered how to make it cheaply, and the price cratered. So there was like a window where it was super expensive, and I think that's probably the window that they fall into in the story. Um, and there's a lot of fun anecdotes about that period, like uh, uh, I think Napoleon had... Uh, a set of cutlery made out of aluminum that was like his extra fancy cutlery for when the gold cutlery wasn't fancy enough. Uh, the Washington Monument has is tipped with aluminum as like to show off. <laughs> but again, it feels very commonplace now. now. Yeah, now we like wrap our food in it and stuff, uh, which is entertaining. Uh, but yeah, that, so Duralumin is probably not something that is super cheap. Now, Vin does have a little bar of it, so I think she's not likely to run out too soon. soon. But yeah, uh, th- that's true that it's... If she starts using it willy-nilly, that might start to become an issue. Um, oh, uh, there's one other thing that I wanted to mention. So they talk about another read-through podcast they've been listening to. That's recently started. They don't name it, but I suspect I know the same one because they follow us on Twitter. And they are called, I believe, The Cosmere Reads. Uh, so I just wanted to give them a shout-out anyway. Uh, if, you, if you've if you been enjoying our Mistborn read-through on this, uh, they have a, a, a somewhat similar premise where uh, they, they have someone who has read it alongside two people who haven't, I believe. I've only listened to, like, one of their episodes, but uh, just a shout-out if... You're looking for a similar type of podcast. That's another one that's out there. Yeah, uh, they're they're still on the first book. Yeah. Okay, so that's the end of the episode. I think, uh, as we mentioned, you've, if you want your comments to be on the podcast, you can send them in via email, podcastyoungadult at gmail Twitter at podjoungadult, and we post these on Reddit as well. So all of which we will board. definitely be checking. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes um i am embarrassed that i didn't check the email for so long uh look we don't get a ton of emails okay we have we've gotten a few but uh not, not all of them have been podcastable but um they're infrequent, so <laughs> I got a little lazy about checking it, but uh, I'm going to be more proactive about that. So if, if if you want to get your email to us, now is the time. I'm going to be obsessively checking that now to make sure this doesn't happen again. <laughs> Properly on top of it. Um, okay, so that's the end of the episode. Thank you yep. for listening, and good night.